This podcast is brought to you in part by Specialties. Are you in a band that wants merch, but you're not sure where to go? Are you looking for great quality and affordable pricing? Do you have a design that you'd like to put on a koozie for your favorite consumable beverage? How about office swag for your job or giveaway items for your events? Okay, you get the point. Look no further than special tees for all of your heart's printing desires. This is not my magnum opus listeners can act now and get 10% off your first order if you tell them could be better sent you. Visit their website at www.special-tees.com or use the link in the show notes to get the conversation started. You can even call ahead and visit their showroom to see the types of products they offer. Again, telling them could be better sent you via email, phone call, or carrier pigeon will get you that 10% off your first order. That's special-tees.com. Special Tees. If you haven't worked with them, they want to work with you. This is Not My Magnum Opus is proud to be a part of the Could Be Better podcast network. We're passionate about creating and using these platforms to dive into topics such as exploring lo-fi, impulsive, small, and otherwise overlooked artworks and creative practices, what happened in the world this week and how to laugh through or at it, and hearing stories from musicians from all walks of life. Check out these podcasts, Could Be Better, This Is Not My Magnum Opus, and The Weekly with Kiki, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can visit couldbebettermeh.com slash podcasts in the show notes to see the current shows on the Could Be Better podcast network. Come join us as we discover more about ourselves, the community around us, and maybe even something worth sharing. Or not. Now, here's our show. Hello, and welcome to This Is Not My Magnum Opus. I'm your host, Nicole Ringel, and I'm here with my partner and producer, Spencer Newcomb. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I'm very excited to be sitting on this couch with you. Back at you, buddy. So, Nicole, what is our show about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, This Is Not My Magnum Opus is a podcast all about creative practice and kind of the small moments that build into... Uh, an artist's work. Mm -hmm. Um, So every week we're going to be coming to you with a talk with a different artist um, about, yeah, a small artwork that means something to them. Uh, And we'll talk a lot about kind of the origins of their creativity and why they make what they do. That sounds very cool. Yeah. So this week uh, is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. We're taking a minute to interview our executive producers. Yeah, our our bosses. um, At Could Be Better Meh. Uh, if you follow, this is not my magnum opus on Instagram, you probably saw in our announcement of the podcast that, um, we're actually a part of a larger podcast network. Actually, it's called a Metwork. That's (laughs) M E H twerk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that's, uh, you know, a play off of the could be better meh name, but really, um, the Folks kind of behind the scenes of it all are um, Chris Perry and Colin McGuire. So we sat down with the two of them to talk about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one's going to be like slightly different than our regular format. Uh, For one, I'm actually going to be in on this one. Uh, I'm I'm normally behind the scenes, like you'll hear me at the top of the show. Uh, But then when it comes time to hear the interviews, it's just going to be Nicole. Uh, But for this one, we figured the four of us... uh, Yeah, could sit down and talk about what we're doing kind of independently and together and and kind of the why behind it all. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, Chris and Colin have actually been active in the music scene in Frederick for years, reaching far uh, beyond their era of could be better, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so could be better, actually, they book shows and they also have a music podcast um, that's been around for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked a little bit about that, but we also talked about how Chris and Colin came to be where they are. We talked about, you know, they're um, playing in bands together and kind of how their creative um identity has kind of evolved over the years. Um, Yeah. We certainly wanted to know more about like what took them from being, you know, musicians and then to booking shows, which sometimes that's a necessity. Uh, But then now also hosting a podcast. And then on top of that, hosting other podcasts, you know, becoming Mm -hmm. executive producers for, you know, their little conglomerate of podcasts. For sure. And I think, you know, that was what was most interesting to me is this overlap between, uh, creative practice, being an artist, and then the kind of uh, cultural organizer role. Mm-hmm. Um, artists who kind of uh, live and work in a place and see how it could be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they take it upon themselves to like really make that happen. And so it was interesting to sit down and talk to the two of them about the so what behind it all. Like yeah. what um, was the problem or what is the problem that they're solving, Mm -hmm. um, through this kind of ambitious project of not only making sure that there are spaces for shows for music and musicians to do their thing, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, zooming out now, um, kind of being the organizing force behind this cohort of podcasts that are all, you know, arts and culture motivated or organized. Yeah. When we thought about putting out a podcast like this is an idea we've had for a little while and you can certainly like anybody can throw a podcast out there Mm -hmm. um and we had you know had designs and desires to do that just do it on our own uh but there's something about collaborating Mm -hmm. uh especially if it's like a smaller art community that's like really important um you can have different viewpoints on the the same problem um and Mm -hmm. come at it from different different directions and it's nice to feel like you're not alone out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about collaborating with them. Yeah, and I think that's such a widespread issue. Certainly, like, in the community that we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. in Frederick, Maryland. But I think it's one that's, like, really widespread is that, you know, um, especially after COVID, there being, like, these kind of siloed communities of people making things and people being active, but the kind of, like, community fabric that, like at least in times prior in my life, like I've felt (laughs) in the arts, um, have been really hard to tap into. Yeah. My background is as a visual artist. And so, you know, on this podcast, we'll talk to a lot of different visual artists and a lot of different mediums. Um, But here in Frederick, the most meaningful creative community that I have like felt even remotely connected to Mm -hmm. um, has been the music community. Yeah. So it was interesting to talk to them about that and also about, you know, how we can kind of work together to shape the place that we want to be better. (laughs) Yeah, it could be better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like you said, they did have a couple of spicy takes on like um, the kind of prescription for like how we want to impact the place around us or like what is the meaning behind what we do? Like, I think that, you know, 
if someone asked me those questions, which didn't happen because I'm the host, <laughs> but if somebody asked me those questions, I think I would have a different answer. Mm -hmm. um, but it was interesting to sit down with them and listen and um, kind of mull it over. Mm -hmm. I have to say I've continued to think about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's something there. And um, Yeah, there's certainly a different uh, tempo, a different speed than we are. If you listen to their podcast, Could Be Better, you'll hear all sorts of hot takes. Yeah. In fact, if you want to hear us talk a little bit more about what our podcast will be mm -hmm. um, in the future, you can pop on over to their um, their stream on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're actually on their first episode of their season. Yeah. So um, you can kind of hear us in their space as well <laughs> as them and ours. Um, Anything else to cover or should we just go right into this? This, um, this conversation. Yeah, I think that just about covers it. All right. Here are those could be better boys. Chris and Colin. Hello. Hi. Welcome to This Is Not My Magnum Opus. How's it going? It's great. It's going amazing. <laughs> I have... So I have my pal here just hanging out and, and Colin. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. We are joined in studio by my dog, Mo. If you hear him panting. He's cheesing it up on the couch. Yeah. I'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a pleasure to be here. You guys have an amazing studio. Yeah. It is Thank definitely you. not a bedroom. Yeah. Wow. This is way better than our studio. <laughs> it's a living room. Stepping it up. <laughs> Yeah, it's just better uh, art. It's exciting to talk to you guys. Uh, we know you from the Could Be Better podcast, so uh, you guys are always interviewing. So uh, yeah, excited to have you on as collaborators. Yeah, yes, um, yes. and guests, and kind of you know flip it around and kind of have you in the hot seat, as it were. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so to kind of jump in, like we always start our conversations by um, kind of poking at kind of like the origins of um, your creativity. Um, mm. So for us, and I always, I loved school too much as a kid, so I always have my notes that I read from. Oh. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious when you had um, your first feeling of being or wanting to be an artist or um, for you guys, musician. Do you want to take that first or do you want me to take that? You can take yours first. Yours will have more substance, I think. Mine's pretty, uh, uh, mine's pretty bad. I'm a very shallow person. Same. Um, <laughs> I, uh, well, I mean, w when you talk about art or music and stuff like that, that was sort of instilled in me from a very, very young age. My dad hmm. toured, uh, as a drummer a bunch, so he wasn't around and wow. he taught me to play drums, taught me how to play drums. He actually just taught me one beat. It was like, <laughs> here's, he calls it the Charlie Watts beat, mm -hmm. uh, from the Rolling Stones. Uh -huh. He just like learned the simplest, stupidest beat. And he's like, that's all I can teach you. Whatever <laughs> you do from there, it's up to you. Took you pretty far. <sighs> Golly. Get it. <laughs> um, and so from there, I mean, you just kind of fall in love with, to me, when it comes to art and being able to do it, you have to be in love with it, I think, mm -hmm. on some level. You have to find that sort of deeper connection um, to really, really dive in if you really want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very lucky at a very young age to kind of fall in love with that. I was listening to Beatles records and, most importantly, Phil Collins records. And that's big drum. And it was I would just sit. I would sit in my room and read liner notes and listen to cassettes and and albums. So was that's that like. 
from like beginning of life your dad was a drummer and it was it was always in your life yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it always was um i was i was there's this picture i had it used to be my thing i don't even know how iphones work anymore Like you have that picture. Do you still have it, Chris? Yeah, I do. Is that I'll, I'll pull it up for yeah for the people that are tuning into the live yeah stream. the live stream. But there's a picture of me very <laughs> joke, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> very young, um, with drumsticks and stuff like that, and that was that was kind of it. I mm. like music to me has always been second nature in that. You know, I think I've I've talked to people who have like their yeah, that's it. That's the picture for those cutie. watching. Um, Amazing. <laughs> and it was, I've talked to people who are like, oh, I had this aha moment when I was 12 or mm-hmm. when I was 10 or mm-hmm. even later in life. And to me, music was always uh, it, there. It was just always mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of, I, I've probably taken it, I know I've taken it for granted. And with that, I'll give it to Chris. Yeah, I know you've taken it for granted. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm the opposite. Like I'm, uh, I was the first person in my immediate family that played music, um, and then because my brother and I were a year and a half apart, mm-hmm. um, so we're close enough to hate each other and not far enough away <laughs> to be friends. So, um, because you were talking about cassettes and and the the mm-hmm. yeah, I mean there was an interesting article on the FMP about um, oh. the uh, <laughs> who wrote that? I don't know, some <laughs> ghostwriter. Um, I think they just pay some AI now just to do it, <laughs> and it comes out with stuff. But um, so my parents used to watch the TV show ER a whole bunch, and so it was when George Clooney was not George Clooney, um, and uh, pre uh, George Clooney Clooney. Yeah, pre, yeah, pre Clooney George, um, <laughs> and. Uh, um, they would tape over ER episodes on VHS tapes and stuff like that. And so um, one of the, for some reason, somehow I got from ER on whatever, um, you know, NBC, whatever ABC um, channel it was on, and then somehow it got to VH1. And so at the end when the um, show ended, they taped it, and we were watching like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something like that that was like on VHS. And then I went to ER, we're like, oh, this is cool, watching something mom and dad don't know we have on there or something they recorded. And what, I'm getting to the point here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then towards the end, we, it like, you know, it goes to like the snow, and you're kind of watching it go, and we're like, tape's not rewinding yet. We'll just kind of keep watching. So my brother and I are sitting there watching uh, snow for probably like a minute, like in a sense of where it's like, you know, the poltergeist is going to come out and get, <laughs> get us kind of thing. Um, and then all the territory. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Axel Rose shows up in the back of a limo uh, from the band Guns N' Roses. And that was my first experience to like music. Mm. And I was like, I want to be in a fucking rock and roll band. <laughs> and so then at that point, I uh, tried to play the drums. My brother was going to play guitar. And uh, I realized I can't keep rhythm <laughs> and I can only really use my two hands. I can't use my feet in that. Like I says, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and then I was like, how about we switch? And then, then he picked it up and he just like, got it. Like mm. my, my brother has rhythm for sure. Um, and so then I figured out how to play guitar. And so, um, that was kind of the start of like, Hey, I wanted to be in a band or I wanted to be in like yeah. in a rock band or something like that. So directly back to VH1. Yeah, yeah, all the way back to all the back way to Guns Roses, and then it was, uh, I mean, Guns Roses when I think it was the tell me if I'm wrong, Colin, the Appetite for Destruction record is when they did those three big music videos, which November Rain and whatever, and I only saw the one November Rain one, and it was like when all of a sudden like Slash is driving the car and it drives (laughs) off the cliff, and then all of a sudden he's now like not in the car on the cliff and he's shirtless and just ripping a guitar (laughs) solo at like nine. I'm like. 
who is this God <laughs> and why haven't I read about him in the Bible yet? Cause this guy is incredible. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of like, I guess my, my start of like, Oh, I, I wanted to do music. And then as I got older, um, joining bands and then traveling and touring and kind of like being a part of, um, a really cool DIY community. It was just like, that was all the cool Kool-Aid I needed to drink. Mm. Nice. So you, uh, Chris, I, I'm pretty sure I know you, you grew up in Maryland whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Frederick County, my whole life. Um, Grew up in, uh, born here in Frederick, mm-hmm. uh, lived in Jefferson for a couple of years, um, and then went out to Middletown. That's where I was at um, a bit, and that's where we met each other. That's where you right. lived for a little bit, too. Yes, yeah. Um, lived together yeah. for a little while. Did, I don't, did we live? Yeah, we lived together. I was mm-hmm. up, yeah, yeah. We, we had some overlap. Yeah. Um, lived in my parents' house, and yeah. it was cool. We did house shows there and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, yeah, yes, been in Frederick yeah, my whole did. life. And Colin, what about you? I, I don't know much. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, it's, I. It's good nobody knows that. Um, I grew keep up that private. in a state you. penitentiary. Uh, there, there was a little town in Pennsylvania called Kane. It's spelled K-A-N-E. Mm-hmm. It is about um, 60, no, it's about 70, 80 miles from Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. It's about, it's two hours, it's the same distance from Buffalo, New York. So yeah. it's a lot of snow all of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And there was, I was just talking about this earlier, um, actually, like I graduated in a class of less than 60 people and it's a very, very small town yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Hmm. And then Frederick when? Um, I've been in Frederick since 20, January, 2011. So we're coming up on 12 years, I guess. Right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. We moved here about the same time. Yeah? Yeah. Well, where have you been? What the fuck? <laughs> Just ships in the night, baby. <laughs> Man, that's 12 years of shipping in the night. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you guys um, both played in bands for mm-hmm. quite a few years. Is music how the two of you met? Probably. I think it's how we became friends, but... Mm-hmm. Wait, but we're I, friends? I, yeah. Oh. Um. I think, I mean, really good friends. <laughs> but we're not best friends. Oh, no. Right? no, no. Oh, geez, I, don't wow. have, I don't have best friends. I'm I, have gonna one, leave. I, have, I have two best friends. I am. Who's that? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, fuck this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to kill them Keep and then try to move up on the list. Yeah, that's right. I need to move up um, on the list. Uh, <laughs> it's like MySpace top eight. Um, I think you and I became friends through music, um, but Colin is a humble human being, and so he did a lot of really cool things in Frederick. Um, once he moved here, he's working for the Frederick News Post. And so there was like the Frederick playlist stuff that he would do. And so I knew him from um, that YouTube series, uh, which, by the way, I tried looking for it the other day. WTF FMP. <laughs> which YouTube series is that? The Frederick playlist stuff and finding all the things. Well, you can't. Yeah, Frederick playlist is gone. Yeah, I know. It's, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I wish people knew how to archive things appropriately. Anyway. I wanted to hand it. Like when I mm. left, I said, I'll hand it off. Does anybody want to do this? And they mm. said, no. Yeah. Well, I don't know much about that. What is the, the, the Frederick playlist? Tell me about that. Um, I So I was working for the paper, the Frederick News Post here in town, and um, I had this idea. I was like, why don't we start a website dedicated to only music in Frederick? Mm-hmm. And we'll just do that, and it'll be hyper-local and hyper-focused. That rolled itself into putting on shows downtown and, and having a partnership with Flying Dog and, and doing all these different things. Interesting. And pause there. And that's how I started to know Colin. Okay. Um, so Were you booking shows at that time? So I was booking shows actually just up the street here. Um, mm-hmm. But 
yeah, up the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we had no overlap. And to be very honest, Colin was always booking the cool shows, the cool bands, yeah. and always finding a way to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, not like, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm lining my pockets with gold, but the idea of like, I mean, it was uh, 21 plus shows, you were just having beer, doing cool things, and it was like, that was not something... I was booking all ages shows exclusively with uh, in basements of churches. So very different circles, but still Frederick community for sure. Um, but he and I weren't uh, friends mm. then. Can I ask about like the overlap? So if you were here in, to, in 2011, actually, what, what brought you to Frederick? The newspaper job. Newspaper. Yeah, gotcha. I'd, I'd always wanted to live in Maryland, or I wanted to be close to Washington, D.C., so mm. it's kind of funny that I live there now and dread my life, but uh, <laughs> I wanted to do that, and I got the job offer here. I, I'll, gotcha. never, I'll never forget that. I came here on Thanksgiving Eve for the interview, and then on Christmas Eve, they called me to offer me the job. Wow. So those are two oh, wow. very interesting <laughs> holidays. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you got here for the the job for the post were you already like booking shows or was the frederick playlist like your first no, the, foray into... yeah the, the frederick playlist stuff was was the first foray I'll, you know what um that kind of went hand in hand with this thing that i did for five years at least it called the frederick music showcase at mm-hmm. the weinberg center and it kind of started with that if if we're being honest mm-hmm. i guess I'm, my memory's bad but uh i you know they they wanted the, the news post wanted me to do stuff you know, <laughs> pretty much. And they're like, you seem to have a bunch of ideas. What's an idea? And I'm like, well, what if you just allowed me to put on a show at the Weinberg? Ha ha ha. And they're like, maybe we can make that happen. And uh, those things started to roll in that direction. And we put That's on cool. a show with four local bands um, to, for the first time out, we did four local bands um, and we drew almost 600 people or over wow. 600 people. And it was like one of the highest attended shows in a certain amount of time yeah. or something. Cause they never have local bands there. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. And Do you then, remember who the bands were? Yeah. Hard Swimming Fish opened it. Still around. The Nolly Moles. Rest in peace. Heavy Lights. Maybe. And then. <laughs> maybe not rest in peace. Headline. Well, headlining <laughs> was Old Indian. And that, so they, so they did that and it was, it was very good. The mm. second year we did it, they had never, I had been told that they had never had hip hop in at the Weinberg. Mm-hmm. So I was very, I had a crusade for that and we got hip hop in there, which was a really cool moment. But so that happened and that was, that all, I was probably here about two or three years before any of that really started to roll gotcha. in that direction. But I was... I was here like no more than three months before they found out that I reviewed records for websites and magazines. Yeah. And there was somebody at the news post who was like, well, you should do that. Just do all local music. Okay. Well, I said, <laughs> fine. And the very first record review, I remember we had this whole editorial board meeting after I filed the review because I wrote this this review of it. And I yeah. fucking hated the record. <laughs> And they were like, we don't know if we can publish this. You can't say mean things about local artists. And I was like, well, fuck it. I don't want to do it then. And they ended up public. They're like, can you write a review for an album you know you're going to like and we'll run that first before this one we know you hate? And I said, okay. That's awful. That it. But, I mean, you got put on a shit list pretty quick, though. And I've mm. never gotten off. Yep. But I've already <laughs> yeah. said, I've said too much. You guys, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for taking that out. Oh, no. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, so you guys were booking shows kind of independently. Mm -hmm. At what point did the kind of separate, like, bookings of shows and, um, Mm -hmm. like, music 
shenanigans turn into could be better? Uh, I thought the first time we met each other was a secret show at the building. Maybe not the first time we met met. Yeah, it wasn't the first time we met met, but um, I I went upstairs. I went someplace, and there's a cool show somewhere. Yeah, downtown. That was a secret show. Yeah, <laughs> and like, uh, the building again quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, if you know, you know. Um, and I do not. So yeah, cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I don't remember who played that night, but it was cool. I feel like it, I know motorcycle played. Okay. Um, and I guess Matt was still playing bass for y'all too. No, we played that two piece. Hell yeah. Okay. That was... Yeah. I, um, so I came to that and I think I just came by myself and I think it was just, um, it was just cool. Cause I wanted to check out a space that was doing live music cause, um, through, doing shows in church basements and essentially like uh, rec center type places that aren't normal music things, mm-hmm. music avenues. You have to kind of get creative with like where you put things. Yeah. Um, hey And um, at a certain point. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> um, get uh, real. <laughs> fortunately, that's what this is. Um, and so when I heard of like this secret space doing this uh, secret show kind of thing i was like oh it's like you know interest uh interest mm-hmm. was uh aroused mm-hmm. and um so then grow up <laughs> um so at this point though uh to get to answer your question nicole so like how it intersected was um i think that's where we started to kind of like bump into each other a little bit more than just like you know oh i'm watching him on the internet mm-hmm. and um at a certain point i thought it was a cool idea for us in our bands at the time to be friends and so we ended up playing a, a handful of shows together here. Um, and then something came up where I said, hey, you guys want to like do a long weekend with shows with us? Yeah, that's is amazing. It, is that, is that, is that Nicole, you should have been there. That, <laughs> that was a hell of a weekend. Tell them about it. Yeah, I, I got cookout. Oh, dude. We, we had all the stuff. So, so we did like a little run yeah. uh, down south. I saw okay. butt cheese. Oh, yeah. Butt cheese was gross. You didn't um, see it. No. Um, so... It's very interesting because our we didn't uh, lodge together. We just stayed at like you know we we had some friends that we stayed with and they party Prius it up. <laughs> All um, we did was every every show we played. Hopefully there was a band that would be like, hey, you yep. want to sleep on our yes. floor tonight? Yeah, and that's yeah. what we did. Yeah. Meanwhile, they had like five star hotel rooms. <laughs> they were like, get out of here. We we've hit those spots before, and we had spots that could only have the six of us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey man, like we we can't do uh, eight people, but you know we can do six. So anyway, um, so give us a little context. What so you guys are booking shows, but also playing in bands at the time? Yes, yes, yes. yes. What bands are, are you guys in? Um, so at that point in time. Um, I was in, uh, Samuel powers. Okay. Um, and I think that would have been remember when we toured, was it what? 2015, 16? No, I don't know. I was just looking at those photos the other day. I think it's like 17 maybe. Okay. So at that point, like still glow hasn't broken up yet. Okay. Um, which is the band. I know the, the band before. Yes. Sam that was Powell, the, the, I knew still glow. Yeah. 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 So that was the band I was in for, for a while before Sam Powell. Um, and then that was, and then Colin was in Double Motorcycle, okay. um, and we were in both of those bands separately. Okay. Um, we did that run of shows, and I got to see them play for four shows and four nights, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, Joe's an incredible guitar player. Mm-hmm. He's a cool songwriter. Um, Colin's an, a great drummer. They're an entertaining Wait, band. Joe was incredible. I was just great. Do you hear that? But, like, what's wrong with incredible and great? So much. Um, but, like, yeah, eat his face, uh, Mo. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm watching these guys play for four, uh, four shows, four nights. I'm like, oh, this band's awesome. Mm. Um, and then for me, it's like I have a problem looking at a scenario where I can fill the void and then not just saying, hey, let me do it. Um, and so because they were playing two-piece, I was like, hey, it'd be really cool if you guys had a bass player. Oh, okay. And so then eventually um, – uh, I seduced them both to allow me to play bass in their band for a year, about a year. Um, and that was a ton of fun. So mm-hmm. then at that point, the three of us were all together um, and we played 15 shows, something like that. We had some of the, some of the best shows that we did as a band was actually with Chris. I hate to say that cause I'm just great and not incredible, but mm-hmm. uh, we, we played the pie shop in DC was, was a very good. Show. I don't know if you guys have been there. Yeah. But it's, it's a great place. TV just played it recently. Place. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And we we got on this thing called the Break and Even Fest. Mm. And I think we were the second band out. I don't think we were the first one. I think we were the second band out in the afternoon. And it was, they sold it out. Like yeah, They sold that whole well. top floor out. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got to play that super sick show. We booked at uh, New Spire. My, my my last show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the Roswell, Roswell Kid Kid. show. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was like that was very 350 good. people yeah. in that room, and it was wow. so, it was so sick. Um. So anyway, but yeah. So that's how, honestly, I think how Colin and I's relationship just kind of started to form mm-hmm. was really the motorcycle days. Um, because then what happened is there'd be certain shows where it's like we ride up together, or sometimes it would just be. Colin and I for times or wh- wh- whatever, and so it kind of got to the point where it's like we realized, oh, we're more alike than we want to admit, mm. but then also that we give a shit about the same things. And so... Um, but I'm only great and not incredible and only a good friend, not a best friend. <laughs> Let's, we have this on the record. The dog heard it. Yeah. And I mean, th- that's still pretty high praise. So you're welcome. But also... It's not high enough. <laughs> um, but, and I'm sorry, Nicole, I'm not answering... No, no, no. I think um, I'm interested in, like you were talking about, um, like giving a shit about the same things. Yes. And I think that there's a lot of space to dig into that. Sure. Um, especially like the way that the role as a musician and the interplay with that and like the role of a kind of cultural organizer like sure. role, right? In my mind, there's an overlap because the way I think about art making is mm-hmm. like you kind of put a prompt out into the world for anybody who will listen or look at what you've made to respond to. And therefore you've kind of like gathered a public around mm-hmm, that sure. thing with a shared experience. Um, and cultural organizing, the kind of like booking shows or, you know, working on newspapers, putting out publications, right? Like all of those things kind of get at the same thing. Yeah, right. Same um, but kind of hit that in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder about just like how you each navigate that like individually and also like the overlap that you have together as could be better. I, yeah, let me take this because I I do have a a sincere response to this (laughs) because everything else I've said has been insincere. No, um, I don't think could be better as the booking arm of could be better i don't think that will change anything or matter we're just people who put shows on but what i do think frederick mm-hmm. lacks that was our mission statement for the longest time we're just you're just here to do shows well, but the, <laughs> there's some truth to that though yeah. and um what i think frederick lacks right now and i i that sounds so 
stupid. It sounds pretentious. I hate to say it that way. Edit that out, but we'll fix that in post. <laughs> it, it lacks that band. If you have one band, and I, you know, part of that Frederick playlist stuff that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier also uh, snowballed into something called The Thing, which was a, a music festival around town for three years. Okay. And I, I put music at the first year, it was seven bars around town. The second year, it was like 17 bars. Wow. And it was one day music from noon till midnight everywhere in Frederick. Like wow. that was what it was. And right now, there's not, I always thought then, and I think it now, you need a band. You need one. You need like that one band that's going to be like, we are rallying the troops. We are like everybody, no matter the genre, no matter what it is, you look at it and you say, I'm going to go see this band and it's going to be fun. I don't care if it's a jam band or if it's a rock band Mm -hmm. or if it's a hip hop artist or whatever. And Motorcycle was like that for a while. And I know you won't admit that. I won't admit that. But, right. but it was like th- there was a level of those like, hey, like Double Motorcycles playing at Guido's. Mm-hmm. But I thought there were other bands too like that. Like I think if there is a band like that now that people will go see if they don't get too overexposed would be the Mountains, would be Silent Old Mountains. Well, they just, they've outlasted everybody. Mm. That's true. But that's because they don't play a lot, you know? Sure. But, but the thing with it is, it's like if you have that one band that it's like, hey, yeah. I really love Heavy Lights. Where are they from? They're from Frederick, Maryland. Man, I gotta, I'm from Washington, D.C. I gotta go up to Frederick, Maryland okay. to see this band called Heavy Lights yeah. because I've heard so much about them and they're so great. Yeah. And let's do that. Frederick doesn't have that band right now, does it, Chris? No, no I mean, and I think there's also like, there's a, there's a work ethic drop for sure. I think there was like a, a level of hustle and community driven um, camaraderie that happened. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, what, five, six, seven years ago that I think is less existent now because I think, um, I mean, we all got to go through this thing called a pandemic. And so I think mm-hmm. that kind of shifts a lot of how you look at music. I think there's a lot of bands that had a lot of wind in their sails leading up into all of that. And then it just kind of just took everything out. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, and, and understandably so, I, I, I get it. Um, but to kind of answer, go back to your question, Nicole, of like um, having those roles for, for me, my first real band, um, we were a band for musicians. And so um, when we got opportunities to play in front of people, it was like, hey, I, I, you guys can play. And you guys are doing something weird that like, I don't know if I really get. Um, but you guys are also all really nice. And mostly me and the singer of the band at that time, um, which is very personal people <clears throat> and just able to kind of like build up that relational network um, or just that community, which is really mm-hmm. what it turned into. Um, and so then that became us traveling and meeting other cool bands that were uh, similar to us, like not popping, but then also just very um, talented and then just good people. Um, and then we would want to say, hey, come back to our town. And so what would ha- what happened for me was like, hey, I want to carry that fire from uh, Calhoun, Georgia or Richmond, Virginia or uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and bring that back to here to say, hey, you know, folks, we went and played in Buffalo, New York and played a show with this band. This is really cool. You should come out and see them. So it really turned into a twofold experience of one. People wouldn't book our band. So I had to do it myself um, in order to get shows. And then the second was that I wanted to expose people to the cool things that I got to experience. And 
you know, for me, it's like shared experiences is like my favorite thing ever. Like, you know, it's cool if I get to go do something by myself because I can say, hey, I, I tested it and it's true. That's cool. But like having a cool or a uh, good or bad experience and be able to share it with somebody else, like that that's the best. Um, and so I think for shows now and not being in a band, um, I think the high and that reward of, of putting on a su- successful show is just as fulfilling for me now as it was uh, playing a great show, selling a shit ton of merch, making a ton of money at the door. Like I, I, I get that same high now. What's even better, like the cherry on top, is when like all the bands that we book become friends. And then I see them playing shows with, with them at other venues in other cities. Like that's like, oh, like, hey, like we arranged that marriage kind of thing. And like that, that feels cool when those stars align. Um, and so I think that's kind of like where things are now is it's still community focused. It's still bringing something new. And the, the cool thing is with where we get to do shows, like nobody else is doing that like you're, you're you know you can go and see shows at 611 and go see shows at nola but like they're not necessarily curating a, uh, an experience <laughs> but well you know, but i mean different. curating an experience is a little bit much to, yeah, to yeah, categorize yeah, yeah, it yeah, as yeah, that yeah. but what i will say though is in in all due respect to 611 and all due respect to everybody booking music in frederick because yeah. i think it's all great and that yeah. should be happening um if you have a sort of energy that's out there yeah. that like a collective like there there are people like what 611 does it's scattered like it's just that you know we Different don't know promoters. if they have yeah sure. we don't yeah. know if they have two shows a month or yeah. one show a month or no shows a month but like think back to the days of guidos like every friday and saturday you'd see some mm-hmm. sketchy punk rock band <laughs> and half the time it was double motorcycle then you just sweat and you drink shitty beer and mm-hmm. that would be it right it's like you need that consistency. That's what I've always I've always felt. I've always yeah. believed in. That was the same thing with the Frederick Playlist stuff. To go back to that, the only I had one rule, and I said this to everybody who ever helped out with it, and I worked with through it. Don't stop. That was it. It was just every week we're gonna put out at least five posts a week. We're gonna put up the show mm. every, once every other week, and just see how it goes. Like the first six months, it's gonna suck. It feels like we're mm. failing. It feels like we're failing mm. all the time. Maybe after the first year, you get some people around who say, hey, I've heard of Frederick Playlist. Like, that's how it has to go yeah. because you're building from the ground up here. Yeah. It's interesting to hear the both of you talk about, um, you kind of like touched on like inspirations for what you're doing a little bit, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, or at least what I could see there was that it almost seems like, Chris, for you, booking shows, uh, even though you're not in a band, like you're still getting the same feelings that you were getting back when you were in a band mm-hmm. and uh, had those really nice moments with other musicians sure. um, where you, you know, you're in moments where friendships are blossoming over, you know, your own creativity um, and mutual respect or so, others creativity that, yeah, or, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it, it sounds like that's still an inspiration for you is providing those moments for other bands. Cause you, you had just said like one of the best parts for you is seeing you know, these other bands going on tour together right. or, or what have you, uh, it seems like that makes you really happy. Yeah. And, and Colin, it, it seems like for you, it's, it's almost like a, a, a health of the music scene or health of the city kind of aspect. Yeah. It is. I, I think if there was a contrast to draw from what you just said, mm-hmm. I, I think Chris is far more hopeful and optimistic. I, I don't, and I'm, I'm not saying that, um, in a shitty Colin way. I, I, I really like, Chris does believe, I know, like everything he said so far, 
he believes in his soul, including me being his 56th best friend. <laughs> but me, I look at it. I look at it and I say, I, and it's the same attitude I had 10 years ago, however long it was. This town could be an amazing town for art. Like, and everybody has been saying this for so long, for so, so long. And I'm like, I'm much more, let's get this job done. Like quit fucking around. Let's do this. Cause you can do it. All yeah. of you can do it. There's actually that much talent here. And I think Chris, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I like you look at those, those, those wins, like, Hey, this band just met this band and now they're going to play together in Richmond. Oh, and yeah. that's really good. I feel good about that. And I'm fulfilled. I'm like, I'm never fucking fulfilled. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is like managing disappointment. Um, yeah. like, like managing disappointment <laughs> as pointing to himself. But, um, it's like, for, for me, it's like, I know I can't control. So I've never been in a place, um, of significant influence, like working at a Frederick news post and doing these like Frederick posts. Don't, don't let me, let me have it. It's not significant influence. <laughs> it, it, what the it, fuck it, is that? It Come was, on. and it is like, I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's like, like th- there's a thing, like there's a reason why you're writing for them again. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like th- th- there, there's like different levels of, of influence that like you have. And so it's like for you, um, having that perspective with Frederick in the role that you were in, that makes total sense. What's, what's, um, what is the contrast to what I was doing? It's like, I knew, Hey, I can only kind of control these moments and I can only kind of control these, uh, these, these events. And I can try to like to build up, to do something cool. Um, but for me it's like, Hey, like I, I just, I just wanted, wins and then I just like cherish them when they were or, or not wins but I guess like I, I, just, I just wanted um, shows to happen in a way that like people could walk away and be like oh that was really cool like I went and saw this like awesome hardcore band from Texas come through here and play at a church basement and like that's that's really cool um, and I paid five dollars to see them that's amazing yeah. you know like <laughs> and, and then you know being like oh that was crazy yeah I don't know. just like so having those things it's like I knew that those would um those types of things sustained me when I was growing up and getting to see those types of things. And so then I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm paying it forward by hosting or finding ways for like other people to try and do it. And in the same way where you try to encourage people to say like, Hey, you know, don't stop or, or whatever. Like I always kept trying to say like, Hey, maybe there'll be somebody else, um, that wants to come up and kind of start doing this. And up until the last four years there, there wasn't like, it was just, it was just me, uh, trying to do this all ages thing. And so I was like, you know, there was a couple of people that I took the torch from and learned from and, um, you know, people moved on, but I've, I've stayed here. And so it's like, you know, I've, I guess, constantly kept, um, building or really just trying the same thing and seeing if it, you know, when it stops being fun, I'll stop doing it. See, but that's the thing. I think that might be, you just might've hit on the, the biggest difference where I, the way that I view it and Spencer, what you were saying mm-hmm. before with all of that is like even if we have a show that has 300 people that's why didn't we have 400 people that's where i mm. come from oh yeah that's like i'm looking at all of that and i'm saying this is it needs to go to the next level right. all of the time right and you are the person that looks back and says dude we had we had 300 people, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's amazing and, sure. and, and, I, and i think that's been kind of like the fun part of our relationship um has been like it, it balances out because we're we're similar enough where we still care about Frederick, we care about the music scene, we care about the community, we care about what we do and how we do it. Um, but it's almost kind of like there's a micro macro balance there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just think it's because of how 
we got involved. Like if, if I would have been working for the newspaper, um, maybe it would be different and you were putting on shows in the church basement, like not detracting one from the other cause they all have their value and all that stuff. But, um, yeah. So I, I think that's really through the, um, uh, they're done with I us. Know they're starting to wrap they're up. They're done with us. We've had so no. many long winded yeah, answers. No, no, no. To, 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 to wrap that up though, it's like, I think that's how, like why could be better started. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it's really why it continues to be a, a thing is because both of us are able to encourage each other when things go well, when things don't go well to have, um, big ideas to keep our small ideas, uh, sustainable and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's just been, um, a lot of fun and we've talked about this a whole bunch too it's like it 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 can't work with anybody else (laughs) like you know like i think if any any of us had somebody else in either of our seats i don't think it would be what it is um and not saying that it's 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 great or it's bad but just what it is it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be if it wasn't us so i don't know very grateful for it yeah so i'm curious because um we've talked about like how the booking shows Mm -hmm. aspect like fits in to um kind of like the vision for you know contributing to the time and place we find ourselves in but i'm curious like what dimension like you envision like the podcast like outgrowth from the original (laughs) like show booking um thing like how does that fit in to like your vision for like what you're contributing yeah to our town i'll do the 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 micro and then if i don't go big enough con can come in and blow it up a little bit but it's like the the idea was like this all came like starting a podcast uh, (laughs) i mean like it's such a ridiculous idea, you know, Oh, like, you know, so ridiculous. so ridiculous, like who would want to do that? But it, like, it, it came from, There's we 150 trillion podcasts. I know, world. I know. And, and now like, we're just another drop in the bucket, but it's like, okay, I mean, 25 countries, 24 countries, whatever. Um, uh, anyway, it came from, we had a list of shows booked at a venue that I will not name. And, uh, it, it, then it was decided that rug could be pulled out from under us mm. the week before the shows happened. Um, there was a little bit of that. Then there was also a bit of pandemicness. So between those two balances, it was a perfect storm for them to say thanks, but no thanks. And so we had a run of, um, I think we had the entire month of January booked out and we had all these guests we had to bail on, um, or all these bands we had to bail on. We're like, Hey guys, like we know that we promised you these shows. We're going to be doing this thing. We sold this room. That's like the best sounding room in town still is. And it sucks that mm. we can't do this. So let's <laughs> bring you on this podcast if you want. And <laughs> you can talk about like, you know, how does it feel to be a musician? Let's let's, if you got new songs that you're going to play, that's recorded. Let's go ahead and put them on the show. Let's mm. kind of give another platform since we can't do live entertainment maybe we can do pre-recorded entertainment and so that's kind of how the podcast started um and so then uh 45 episodes later and uh 10 months of of last year this year by the time this comes out it'll Mm -hmm. be next year but from 2022 um we did 45 episodes um only had like one or two repeat guests um and um we just got to elevate another aspect of our community in a way yeah. that like was unexpected. We were having pizza and we said, we should maybe do a podcast if the shows get canceled and yeah, shows won't get canceled. We should probably like, maybe let's figure something out. It's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go buy these mics on Amazon and just, we're really going to try something out. We'll see how it goes. It'll be cool. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, a podcast and he's like, no, 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 let's try it. And then we tried it and then it's, it's been fun. And so I think then with like the, the met work, you know, right. <laughs> like, you know, all jokes aside, it's, kind of a cool idea is like it's, it's that same kind of bit of uh creating that experience for others to kind of partake in it's like hey maybe we can kind of do that with other people that want to do something similar mm-hmm. um 
mm-hmm. uh, not just in Frederick, but just you know, can it kind of in our our circle? Is that, yeah, is that you, a big yeah, no, no, no. That that was good. The, the thing about having a podcast, even though this is you know, like like I said, everybody with a microphone and a Wi-Fi connection can have a podcast. But does now. it sound this good though? <laughs> uh, the, the thing with it, in terms of Frederick, and to piggyback on what Chris was saying about the shows and the artists. Well, maybe you don't have a show, well, but you can still be profiled in some way. And even if there are 50 people or 20 people or 100 people or 1,000 people who listen to an episode of the podcast and discover a band they've never heard of before that's from this area and they like the band and the band's pretty good, that was the mission, I think, in my mind at least, was the mission statement for that podcast where it was like, let's just give somebody another platform to do something. And that's... And it came from like, they, you know, again, at least for me, it was like, hey, here's the bait and switch. Hey, we really wanted you to do the show, but hey, we have this instead. It's like this is like yeah, I know you were really craving ice cream, but you want some pretzels. Like that's kind of <laughs> how it was. It's like it's not really close, but it's at least you kind of still got to do something. And um, uh, and I don't think we've had. I mean, aside from the, the no shows, no show that we had last season, I think everybody else showed up and had a good time. So no, com- is, no complaints. It is impressive, like going through a full year of just local artists, like in the DMV area. Uh, just just yeah. talking to local artists like that is that's impressive and I certainly had that experience like talking about um, yeah you're switching how you're putting a prompt in the world from booking shows into booking a podcast where you're talking to artists mm-hmm. I certainly discovered artists this past year listening to you guys like I did not know who uh, that's, Natalie, that's Natalie the, Brooks was oof, that's Natalie amazing yeah. man that's yeah. amazing that, that's the biggest that's compliment the we've mm-hmm. ever received that, I think that that you just made my day man it's been a long nice. fucking day <laughs> you, yeah. you've made my day honestly and Natalie Brooks is great yeah. shout Brooke, out to Natalie yeah. Brooks yeah killer uh she was just on a late night show in france with a band wow. called thumposaurus and they uh it was an experience to watch but anyway so i think we're about out of time That's it. Oh, i'm so sorry um, but thank you, you guys for <laughs> for you joining us <laughs> you had specific questions for us we didn't even get to them what do you mean? I had specific questions. No, for that them? they had specific questions for us. Remember, you were like, "Colin, we're gonna zone in on you and oh. make you oh, talk." So there's this there's this thing called jokes. Um, oh, and it was that, it was, that was a joke, man. Yeah, I was fine. pumped. No, okay. why would we give you a list of questions? I mean, we can go deeper. Oh, whoa, I've oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for having us. Yeah, on, thank you honestly, for having us. But you. I do also want to say too. So this is this is I think one of like a really thank you for having us on as guests. Mm-hmm. And I guess your official first guest. So uh, yes, for people that are still listening, um, their other guests are much sweeter and kinder, um, <laughs> and uh, are doing beautiful artistic things not just talking about music and booking shows at a brewery which you can go into oldmother.com and check out any shows or it could be bettermeh.com and check out all of our shows but <laughs> you all um as a part of this uh podcast network is like so such a cool thing and so like one like we're all friends and we care about each other very much um but i i am so excited for this season um so for for anybody that's come from our podcast that's listening over um uh, give this podcast a shot and um, really just kind of um, take a chance, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's not that hard just to like and subscribe, you, you know? Side the, so fucking long there. That, that, you turned everybody off. It. <sighs> no, no, no. It was like, take a chance. It was a good one. Like, you got to take that breath to be like, do the thing, you know? Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. For images and links to the artwork we discuss on the show, follow us on Instagram at This Is Not My Magnum Opus. 
Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You can also leave us a rating or add a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Frederick's resident shoegaze band, TV. That's T-E-E-V-E-E, period. This Is Not My Magnum Opus is proud to be part of the Could Be Better podcast network. Executive produced by Chris Perry and Colin McGuire of Could Be Better. This show is made possible by a Maryland State Arts Council creativity grant. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week.